The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Episode 27 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast, hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. Today, we have a returning very special guest to talk all things UFC 271. We didn't scare him off last week. Welcome to the show, code sports journalist and combat sports expert, yes, expert, Brendan Bradford. How are you, mate? Good, boys. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. I can't remember if our, our bets got up, if our multi got up, but um, <laughs> it can't have been too horrific if I'm, if I'm back to uh, recap the show. It didn't. Mate, but... Sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say, you you know goddamn well it didn't get up and to <laughs> stick the knife in this, this, early, this early in the show. That's it. Thanks for coming back on, but you're officially uninvited from future appearances. You didn't even let the dust settle before you just had to jam the knife in there. And yes, all right, let's get the headline out there. The punch punch drum parlay failed again. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks yourself, Brendan. (laughs) I only bring it up 45 seconds into the show. You you didn't take my Jared Cannon ear bit. And um, look, I'm still just a bit dirty on that. And I want to rub it in because that one got up. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I'll I'll have you know uh, that um, I did what every good gambler does and chased my losses because we were out in the first leg and uh, th- that got up, so I saved myself. Um, yeah. So what's what's that pro- proverb? Hell hath no fury like a scorned punter. Is that is that is that how it goes? <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, I ch- I chased my losses. I-, I had a pretty good weekend actually. Apart from the punch drunk pile, I didn't get up. I had a few few wins, um, and uh, had had a real nice hit on Super Bowl the next day. Got 11, 11 to one Odell Beckham first touchdown scorer, and then was really happy thinking I I uh, picked the Bengals to cover the spread. Was cheering when the final whistle went. Logged on to bet three six five to see my fat fat fingers had picked the money line instead of instead of uh, with the points. So. I was real happy for a moment, and then and then uh, yeah. So we're back back to about even in the kitty. Just to sidetrack, have you have you guys seen the the saga of Mattress Mac? The uh, who bets on? He, I heard of Mattress Mac. He does the huge bets, right, on like college basketball and college sports. Yeah, so he made like oh, he's he's a millionaire anyway. So, but he made like tens of millions on the Houston Astros to win the World Series a few years ago. But he went big, like he bet he outlaid like nine million dollars on various Bengals winning, and yeah, come up nothing, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> Why does that make I me feel not. good for some reason? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are you aroused right now? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I lost about five bucks, so I, I know how he feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If we're doing a net worth, net worth equivalency, you probably lost more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I get gutted when my bonus bets don't come through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I sent 15 no, emails to Sportsbet. Well. I didn't mean to put that on. I fucking meant to press the other <laughs> yeah. one. Sorry. This is free money. I'm going to put it on a wild multi. Yeah. <laughs> Playing with the house money, boys. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, there was some what? UFC on on the weekend. There was some UFC. <laughs> there was some UFC. And my goodness, what a fantastic event pretty much from from top to bottom truly a a stacked card that delivered in almost every way that you could want it to deliver and there's so many places that we could start from so many talking points but really i think the only rightful place to start is that a star is born in bam bam tai tuivasa holy shit smoking Hometown hero in Houston, Derek Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Just. know if I see much more, we'll get cancelled. No, but, uh. we're going to get copyrighted <laughs> off of Spotify. Walking out to girls just want to have fun, and Bam Bam certainly had his fun inside the octagon. Did Did you guys see it coming in the, see this happening and the way that it unfolded? We sort of, um, we, 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 Bet, or we predicted last week that it wasn't going to go the distance, didn't we? But yeah. quite how it happened to flatline, to completely just face hard, just have Derek Lewis falling over. I didn't see it. I didn't see it happening like that. Basically, a, a Mark Hunt style walk off KO. Um, and and, and yes. with how the sort of first round went as well, I thought, oh, bloody hell, he's. He's been tagged a little bit and he's, he's not looking that good. You know, probably lost the first round. To come back and do that, just bloody hell. It was amazing. There's just no better in, in combat sports, especially in the UFC, there's just no, nothing more entertaining than a fighter that when they're rocked or in trouble, their survival mode is just fucking swing twice as hard straight at them. And, like, yeah. the only one I can think of that does it currently is Gaethje. And he's like the most exciting fucking fighter to watch maybe ever. <laughs> like he wins a fucking fight of the night every fight. And um, he does the exact same thing, but it's so much more entertaining watching Ty do it because he's clearly obviously got heavier hands. It's a much more terrifying just spectacle just watching them in the octagon at all. So, yeah, just when it just makes you feel like proud as an Aussie, I reckon, seeing an Aussie <laughs> represent the country and that is how they do it. They just like, fuck it, like I'm not coming down. Um and like everyone, when it, he was li- he was literally like getting back to his feet, like his like it's a cliche, but his back was against the wall, and there's only one thing you can do is like bite down on your mouth guard and just swing as hard as you can. And he got out. I think it was like midway or towards the end of the first round where Derek Lewis just looks like man, you know, another ref could be moments away from stopping it, and he just swung out of it. It was it was it was amazing. It, it it really was. And so he he really is like the, you know, estranged son of, of Mark Hunt. Like he has that kind of chin. He has that kind of power. But I think he's an even better athlete. He's in better shape. He's come into MMA at a much younger age and is, has a willingness to evolve and improve his skill set. I think if you put Mark Hunt in that situation, when he gets flat on his back by Derek Lewis, he's, he's, probably, he's probably not getting up but what was 
so impressive about his performance. And I think, I really do think he, he wilted Derek Lewis. I think he broke him mentally because those shots he was landing as he was standing back up with his back against the cage and was just swinging back. Derek Lewis thinking, who the fuck is this guy? Because everyone else I do this to would fold under these punches. And Ty's like, no, nah, mate, I'm just going to eat these, no problem. And then I'm going to swing back at you as well. Let's see how you like it. And I think it mentally did something to him. And he touched Ty a couple of times. And for all of the bluster pre-fight, Derek Lewis saying, let's meet in the middle of the ring. Let's swang and bang and all of that. He was the first one to initiate grappling. He was the first one to, 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 to look for the takedown and, and change it up and try and turn it into a mixed martial arts contest instead of a just a, a boxing or a striking match. I think he was blown away or sh- shocked, scared that Ty was eating his best shots and throwing back just as, if not even harder. It's interesting what you say about is, is like a younger version or the, like the next version of Mark Hunt. Cause there's 2.0. So, in so many yeah. ways, yeah, 2.0. Like, in so many ways, their, their backgrounds and their, their physiques and everything are so similar. I think just because the way the sport's evolved and where we are now, like, Ty's got so much more potential. And, and like, and, you know, in terms of training methods, sports science, um, just what we know about fighting in the game and where he can go and the money he can make as well. He knows um, to really drink 24 beers instead of 25. Because <laughs> yeah. sports science yeah. says that one extra beer, that'll finish him off. He knows to create a, a, a shoey Vasa rather than drink out of actual shoes because it's healthier. <laughs> <laughs> science. Yeah. Uh, you can buy yeah, those for like $45 now too. Businessman. Love it. You See, this is so, well, this is what you love to see. And this is why he's going to be a superstar. Everyone loves everything about him. You can see he gets the crowd going, even in enemy territory against Houston's favorite son. Everyone was still cheering for him. He had everyone on their feet. He's just pure electricity. And he's leaned into the shoey. I think Daniel Ricciardo is probably going to be a little pissed off that uh, old Ty <laughs> has uh, got the old shoey Vassar up, shoey Vassar up there. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. He's leveraging his... his uh, his uh, brand, his his marketability, his star power. He's making, I'm sure he's going to do real well out of that as a, as a product in his own business. I'm sure he's going to negotiate a nice new deal with the UFC now. And the UFC has done very well out of Derek Lewis. Dana White has said that, and Derek Lewis has done very well out of the UFC. They could go to the moon with Tai Tuivasa. Even if he loses some fights the way Derek has, his personality and everything, he is the whole damn package and he does exactly what he says he's going to do he is he is just a bankable asset for the ufc and i think we were all very privileged to see the coming out party of a new next generation superstar who's only 28 years old he's not even sniffing his prime in the heavyweight division this is incredible so let's talk right now about the futures of both of them but let's go with Tuvasa. Is he going to fight in Australia next? Is that what you guys think is the best thing to see? Who do you want to see him fight? Like he's clearly like the, the three guys ranked above him now are Steve A, Cyril Garner, Francis and Garner. Like, is he ready for that? Or do you want to see him do that? Or I don't really want to see him yet fight any of those guys above him. There's a fair few in that in that four to eight bracket. Uh we've got Curtis Blades, uh, Volkov, Rosenstroke, Chris. Dorcas, yeah. um, any of those guys, 
they could bring out Curtis Blades has been out in Australia to Australia before, I believe. I don't know whether you never know, like you know, there was like headlines tie could fight in Australia by August. You never know, like immediately post fight whether that's just you know keeping the hype going or whether it's true. But uh, if he can fight here, that'd be awesome. Um, but one or two fights too soon to be throwing him in with the top three, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, looking at the landscape of the division, Curtis Blades has got a fight with Chris Dorcas already booked, so that's four and eight. And Volkov and Aspinall are headlining UFC London, so that's six and 11 out of the picture. And I agree that it's probably a bit too early for Cyril Garn because of just how technically good he is. And I think the UFC is hell-bent on doing Stipe versus John Jones. I think that is just a very marketable former champion, great heavyweight, arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time, fighting the greatest light heavyweight. Like, that is just too good. Unless John Jones shits in his pants again and just forces the UFC to do something else, I think that's the Which fight that's going to be will. made. Yeah, it is entirely possible. So that leaves, that leaves Ty with two options. One, wait. Now, he's got, all, he's got time on his side. He's very young, and there's no... With, with, with heavyweights and the, the risks that he faces, and I'm sure he's probably a bit sore from some of the shots he took, there is no problem for his own health and longevity of his career taking six months off, taking eight months off, fighting again later on in the year, um, potentially being able to do something in Australia then and waiting, using that time to get better, continue to develop his skill set, uh, invest in himself, invest in his camp, keep working in Dubai with elite partners. But to me, the matchup that makes the most sense and you just... Um, Put him in with another another striker, another heavy hitter. Let's throw him in with let's throw him in with Biggie Boy. Let's throw him in with Jezinho and see what happens. Now I know that's him fighting down, but he just leapt eight places. Mm. So I don't think it's crazy to say to the US for him to say, "Hey, do you want to fight number seven now? You were eleven, you jumped up. Let's let's give number seven a crack at this because all the other fights that make sense are are booked right now." He said it himself like, that uh, he doesn't yeah. even fucking know who who's in the rankings. Like, <laughs> yeah. He got asked the press conference yeah. and he's like, I couldn't even tell you who the first five are. He's just like, I know Francis got the belt. And <laughs> just like, so they'll probably just throw a name at him and be like, yeah, sweet. When are we doing it? Man, yeah. I, think so on, I hope he gets just, you know, you know, he said he, had, he was drunk when he agreed to fight Derek Lewis. Hopefully he just has someone in his ear saying, uh, don't do that again, because we're in a spot now where we can start thinking about what we want to do. And he, he he walked out limping pretty badly. You don't know how bad how bad that is. And he's also fought twice in what is it? I think it's just over two months. Um, yeah, it's a short notice fight. Break. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no um, doubt. So so he could go whether it's the last couple of months of this year, have a have a decent break. He, he mentioned that as well. He wants to have a little bit of time, go to Cancun. Um, there's some daddy drop-offs uh, with the son who just started school. I think there's also, you could also look at it the other angle. It's like there's a pretty good chance that this is the highest he'll ever be ranked in his whole career. Like there's some fucking good up-and-comers coming up in the heavyweight division that are more like Cyril Garn than Taito Avasa, you know what I mean, skillful and yeah. young and just, you know, freak athletes. So like maybe you just take the money and run nearly if he can do it <laughs> if he can fight someone above him fucking do it because they'll probably think it's an easy fight but 
And then there's every chance he fucking puts him to sleep too. It's almost, it's, he's, I don't, I don't want to sound disrespectful because it's, it's not my intention, but there is a bit of naivety to Ty in his career. He is young and he doesn't know what he's like not supposed to know, I guess. And no one, no one expected him really. Like if everyone's being truly honest, we're like, yeah, he could catch Derek Lewis, but I don't think anyone expected him to sleep Derek Lewis in that manner. And force Derek Lewis into, into a, a grappling exchange. And he's just going in there and doing what he does and just, just swinging leather. And there's something beautiful and pure about that. And he's not apologizing for who he is. And he's not deciding to live like fucking Tom Brady all of a sudden and cool it on the cans. And he is just being unapologetically himself. He's authentic. And that's why he's connecting with so many fans because everyone's just like, this is that guy. I think he like he, he's obviously that guy, and uh, like you know the beer drinker, blah blah blah. Pretends he doesn't care, but don't underestimate how much of a fucking freak athlete that guy is. Like oh, people forget that 100%. they think he's just like a big dude that are just going to drink beer no. and fucking like that guy is a super fucking freak, genetic freak of a human. And Brendan <laughs> would know better than all of us about that. Yeah, and um, like he can't take that for granted either. Like he's he's a yeah. one in a fucking billion no, type of a human. No doubt. Looking looking at the way he moves and how strong he is, I don't know is like whether he played. I'm sure he played rugby growing up. He's yeah, like, he did. That's yeah, Western, like, yeah, paper. right. Okay, there we go. I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure if he had a stuck with it, or really, he he could have made like high, you know, high level or played first team for the Roosters and had a good football career or whatever. Whatever he wanted to do, athletically as a as a as a big bloke. Now he wasn't going to be a fucking gymnast, was he? But as a big boy, like as a professional, like he, he could have done well in anything he wanted to do. Yeah. 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 He was, he was um, highly touted in rugby yeah. league. Uh, he, played, he was in the Roosters age groups uh, playing alongside Boyd Cordner, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Um, for, I don't know, for people not listening in Australia, those are <laughs> Boyd Cordner, Legends. New South Wales and Kangaroos captain. Um Roger, well, you know, it's one of the greatest players of the last ten years. Um, so he, yeah, he he was really good. Um, just just liked uh, throwing down, <laughs> just like throwing hands. And I said it on this podcast before. Like, it sounds silly to say, but like, professional rugby league is nearly a more brutal sport than fucking MMA. Like, just because they do it every single week for you know twenty five, thirty weeks, if you make the grand final. It's, a, it's more taxing on your body than being a pro MMA fighter because obviously MMA is more brutal in the moment, but you might do it max four times a year at that, you know, insane level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a yeah. great, it's I, a great like uh, stepping stone, like pathway to MMA, I think. I would, I would uh, guess as well. Like I haven't read any medical journals on this, but I'd probably say rugby league is worse for your long-term health than, than MMA yeah, as well. Probably. Especially at his position, his size, and the, the nature of the collisions and stuff like that. It's just brutal, man. Yeah. It's and that's something, that, that's something that rugby league is really only starting to come to terms with over the last couple of years. You know? Yeah. I'm realizing the, that you don't even need to get hit in the head to, to get exactly. concussions, and it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I got was told to prepare one tie to of us a story. Yes. Um, Beautiful. Sit down, kids. Uncle Brendan story time. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good one that he told me a few months ago. Um, so his debut was at USC Sydney, right? Obviously hometown. Um, Mark was supposed to fight on the card. He got pulled. So, like, it's it's tie. Like, it's it's he became the sort of big focus. So, obviously, he's got... 
family, friends coming out of the woodwork wanting tickets. Not everyone could get in. So, A, he had a whole lot of people outside the venue out at Homebush. Um, and, B, he knew he didn't want to, like he said, he, he doesn't sit around and watch fights. He's not like a huge fight fan. So he knew he wasn't going to stick around. So apparently, this is what he told me, the morning of the fight, either him or like a brothers or cousins or whatever, stashed heaps and heaps of boxes of beers in the bushes <laughs> outside the stadium. So they all went in, or everyone had you know tickets and whatever, all went in and watched them fight. He finishes, he knocks out uh, Rashad Coulter, I think it was, <laughs> um, does whatever he has to do, media, and then just leaves before the main event and just goes out and, and it's him and his, you know, mates and, you know, 30-odd people outside Acer Arena, I think it was at the time, just sinking beers. <laughs> that they'd stashed in the bushes earlier in the day. And the, he said that, that the, is the, legendary. Cops past, the cops come past and said, what are you doing? And everyone's like, well, he's just got a first-round knockout. Um, you know, we're just celebrating. And they just said, yeah, right. Oh, my God, that's fucking brilliant. Uh, Incredible, incredible! I'm just looking at his uh, his record here in his Wikipedia page. I didn't realize he had a, a combat sport, a, a combat fight against John John Hopuati back in the day in 2012. Yeah. There you There's go. Vision, Knock- there is vision of that. Um, something something about that fight was really bizarre. Either either something like it was MMA in a boxing ring or the cage was square. There was something really weird. Yeah, there is vision of it if you look around. Yeah, I'll look. I'll look for that because M- uh, Wikipedia just calls it MMA mixed rules, um, which is <laughs> there you go. And then one, one last note. One last note for for his sixth fight. It was it was in Australia. It was for for AFC. He fought James McSweeney in his sixth fight. And if people don't recall, James McSweeney was one of like the heavily most heavily tight heaviest touted prospects on the Ultimate Fighter season ten with Kimbo Slice when it was. Um, um, when it when it was a heavyweight, he's like a a really high level kickboxer out of the UK, and he finished him TKO. His corner put a stop to the fight against uh, Tai Tuivasa in just his sixth fight. That is outrageously impressive. So that that fight, Tai did he like did his ACL earlier in the first round, and like basically couldn't stand up. And I can't remember what happened. There's foot, there's footage of this as well. I'm gonna have to I want to say that this is incredible. McSweeney just like gassed and just didn't come out for the second round. And Ty couldn't even stand up after like, he got the win and they said, yeah, yeah, you won. He could barely stand up. And that's why there's like, it, I, I believe the setup was if he wins that fight, he's going to get signed to the UFC. And obviously he did, but he wrecked his knee and needed surgery on it. And somehow during that surgery, the surgeons or someone fucked up pretty badly and something something went wrong with his arm. So then for another couple of months, he, he needed surgery in his arm. He was on all these painkillers. Um, he was. So is that what know, happened? They put a fucking bionic arm on him? Is that what they did? <laughs> <laughs> that would explain so much. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm just trying to remember all the details. But, yeah, he basically they, he, he eventually goes in and signs to sign his UFC contract. But he can't use his hand because his arms all messed up. He's got no feeling in his in his right hand um, when he goes in to sign his contract. Um, so, which is why 
there's like a year, yeah, there's like a year between that McSweeney fight and his UFC debut, basically, because for a large um, portion of that, he was uh, laid up on the couch on painkillers, um, you know, wondering if he's ever going to fight again, basically. But yeah. Oh, man, this, his shaping up. Like if his career keeps going on this trajectory, there's gonna be a great documentary made about this kid one day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. We we could go on for, for the entire episode talking about this, but we've got so much more to cover. So let's move on. Let's back up now to the main event. Uh I would say pretty comfortable win for Israel Adesanya mostly. <laughs> I was surprised by the amount of people who are just so adamant that Rob won it. Um I, I, I guess you could make an argument that Whitaker won. If you, if not a very good one, you can. No, if you're really you can make an argument, but it's not a good one. <laughs> I look. I had um, Adesanya winning three two, um, fairly comfortably. But, boys, yeah, boys, I, yes. I, I was just boys, surprised. boys. You know what? You know what happened, <laughs> don't you? It was a draw. Oh shit! <laughs> it was a draw. <laughs> What did I fucking oh. say? <laughs> and there's that footage of Adesanya holding the cage. Should have should have lost a point for that. Would have been a draw, and uh, we, we would have had the, the trilogy. <laughs> so call, call me crazy. I think it's a. I think it was closer and a better argument to say Adesanya won the fight four rounds to one than to say Whitaker won the fight three rounds to two. I would say that. I don't. Yeah, Thank I just. You. He obviously his performance has improved. He had a horrible first round, and the way that was going, you're like, "Oh, this isn't going to last much longer. We're, we're going to see the same again." And he just adjusted his game plan and made it. He made it very difficult for for Adesanya. He did a job, but he didn't do enough of what he was doing, in my opinion, to take the rounds. He landed a few takedowns, not many. Did he do anything with the takedowns? No. And just scoring a take, just getting a takedown doesn't constitute or isn't enough to to win a round. People somehow think that if it's close on the feet and then someone gets a takedown but doesn't do anything with it, doesn't control or advance the position, that the takedown is somehow the tiebreaker in the round. And I think a lot of people who are saying Whitaker won the fight probably think that's the case with the scoring criteria when it's not. Look, I can completely understand where Whitaker's coming from immediately post-fight saying, I think I won the fight as well. Like, 100%, like, yeah, you, you would think that. Um, I thought he fought really, really well. He fought I don't excellent. Think, um, I don't think I've seen, well, apart from Jan, you know, no one's no one at middleweight has put Adesanya, not that he was ever really in difficulty, but no one's proved that much of a danger to him. Um, you know, in his last however many fights, nine, ten fights in the UFC, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, been saying that, I still, yeah, I still think it was a pretty clear Adesanya win. Let's, um, I've just got like a little clip from, Whitaker in the press conference, it kind of sums up what he was feeling anyway. So I'll just play that quickly and then we can kind of bounce off that if you like. Now, now don't get me wrong. I don't, want he, I don't want this popping up in a highlight reel, screaming, Rob thinks he won, blah, 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 blah. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's, uh, he won. He, like, literally, he won. <laughs> he, he's, he's got the belt. That's how it works. Um, the judges gave it to him. That's, you know, that's the game. That's the business. I have nothing but respect for his skill set, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm proud of myself for you know, getting back on the horse after that first loss, putting myself together the way I did, and getting back in there and taking it to him again. You know, um, there aren't a lot of, I don't think there are a lot of people that could have done that. And 
like I, like I said, I do think I did enough. But I, the grudge is gone. You could see that in the media leading up. The grudge is gone. I'm nothing but happy for, you know, for him. He's, he's doing his thing. He's stayed true with it. He, yeah, you know, in another life, we might have been mates. You know, it seems we like a lot of the same stuff. But um, fortunately, we're on the other side of the fence at the moment. I, I honestly... I can't believe I'm saying this because I love Whitaker so much, but I, I sense a little bit of BS in what he's saying throughout. I feel like he's playing Mr. Nice Guy too hard. I didn't even like I didn't feel that that was purely authentic. See, I think it's the I think it's the opposite. I just, I think it's not BS. I think it's resignation in his or just acceptance that he they knew they were the two best middleweights in the world. They said that before the fight, and I just think there's a bit of acceptance there that you know. He got starched once and he did the best he thought he could by, you know, he said he thought he did enough and he still didn't get the win. And I think it's just maybe a bit of acceptance that, yeah, okay, this guy is just a little bit better than me at the moment. It does sound like, and he he said some other stuff, that he wants a a third bite at the cherry. He's going to go away, continue to retool, develop his game plan, probably starch another couple of blokes in the interim. And then, and then, and then come back if if is he still in the division? Yeah, I, I took it that way as well. I think it was just a whole lot of okay, like he, like you said, he, he fought the best fight that he possibly could, and he was you know he, he didn't feel like he could do any more, and it was still short. It, it was still not quite good enough on the day. Um, I, I, I agree with you, Lewis. That yeah, I think he's just sort of finally realised um, that. Adesanya at, at, at the moment at least is just a, a couple of steps ahead of him for sure and um, but I, I did quite like what he said about uh, he's put on social media as well that you know he's he's liked the improvements that he's seen in himself over the past two years he's still going to get better he still wants to keep fighting he still wants yeah. to go at middleweight um, you know immediately after the fight I was like man what what is there next for him because you know he's beaten most of the guys in the top 15. He's lost twice to the champ. Where do we go? Um, but, yeah, he's, he, he still already sounds like he wants to really keep fighting at middleweight and take out whoever's near. Do we want to see a trilogy still? My immediate reaction after the fight was no, but I think it was a bit reactive because it wasn't, you know, let's be honest, it wasn't the most exciting fight. And I'm going to circle back to that point in a second. And I was like, ah, maybe I don't want to see it again. But the reality is there's no one else who can, in the division right now, who can push Izzy in that manner. And if Rob did what he did in the fifth round, in the first round of the fight, and stuck with that game plan for 25 minutes and was able to give a bit more output, he might be able to get a decision win. He might be able to just do enough down the line. You know, maybe Izzy's much richer a little, a little less sharp, a little less committed, a little less enthusiastic about a trilogy fight with a guy who was beaten twice already. There is absolutely a world down the line where Whitaker can beat Israel Adesanya. I just think a few more things have to unfold before that happens, and because of that, that keeps me interested. That's that's that possibility. If it was a rematch in six months' time, no, nah, I wouldn't be interested. I wouldn't be buying that pay per view. Two years' time, maybe Izzy's lap the division. Uh, again, he's had some more wins. He's looking to tie Anderson Silva's record, and it happens to be in a trilogy fight against Robert Whittaker. Okay, you're damn right I'm interested in that. 
yeah, I can see myself in another 18 months to two years getting pumped about a third fight. Um, yeah, Rob goes back, has another two, three wins over the next guys coming up, which I, I absolutely think he'll do. Um, I think I think Adesanya goes out and beats Jared Cannonier, um, and then whoever else is next, they'll probably... Uh, I, I think he'll beat Cannonier. I don't know who's next. I don't know what they can possibly do. They've, he's just beaten everyone. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, in lieu of Adesanya going up to light heavy again, it might just be like, oh, shit, there's literally no more fights that we can do. These guys are just, like we've known for a couple of years, levels above everyone else at middleweight. Yeah, that's a it, – it's, it's so unique, this situation, because, like, we've seen Izzy go up, and obviously he, he kind of was no match for Jan because he didn't really put on the weight. Well, I shouldn't say no match. He, he It was a good fight, but – you know, he didn't, he didn't do it properly. Obviously, he could put on all the weight, but I think if he's going to put on all the weight, that's going to be more of a permanent move because he's just naturally not a big dude. You know, have to take a fuckload of work and training and conditioning and dieting and all that to, to, be, to be still able to do what he does and also be heavier. So I, I can't see him doing that soon because I'd say he's probably, even though he might not admit it, he's got those fucking Anderson Silver records in the back of his head like... Those sort of things. Anderson Silver is his idol, so it's a, it's a weird one because he's dominating now. Like it's nearly getting to the point yeah. of boring, and then yeah. it's yeah. Uh, that was yeah. my point with Khabib towards the end of his career. It was just like, all right, you know, he's fighting, and I'm going to watch for sure. And like, don't get me wrong, a hundred percent, the talent like appreciate seeing absolute greatness. Yeah, the reason you tune into a fight and pay 70, 60, 70 dollars to watch pay-per-view is because you want to you don't know what's going to happen and you want to see two guys go at it. Um, the last couple of Khabib and Magomedov fights, it's like, okay, when and how is he gonna win? I know he's gonna win. When and mm-hmm. how is it gonna happen? But um hopefully, yeah. I I think the difference with Adesanya is he's just so electric and entertaining. And I hope I don't think it'll get to that stage. It might just be how in what ridiculous ways you've got to knock out this next poor bloke rather than just, you know, wrestle fuck him to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what I wanted when I said I wanted to circle back before. It's like how <laughs> you can't really point to any true UFC superstars and go, oh, yeah, once they became a superstar, they continued to win in the manner which got them there. It just doesn't happen. GSP was criticized for being, quote-unquote, a boring fighter towards the end. And I think there's two reasons for that. One is that there is so much more on the line, so much more at stake, and so much more for them to lose. And Izzy alluded to that in the pre-fight press conference. He said, they said, oh, are you chasing Anderson Silva's records? And he said, you know, I know they're there, but I've got to focus on this because if I take my eye off this fight, it's all for nothing. He's just signed this new mega deal. He's making more money than ever. It's all tied into this mystique of invincibility at 185 pounds. If he drops the ball for a second and wants to please the fans and goes, uh, you know, throws caution to the wind and then ends up getting clipped, you go, ah, shit. He tried to please the fans and now everyone's criticizing him because he lost and said, ah, he was a fraud all of along. 
So it's it's a real like lose lose situation for these superstars because they have everything to lose outside of the cage. And regardless, people are still tuning in to watch the pay per views because they're a superstar and we're intrigued to see how it's going to play out. So I can't fault him for putting in quote unquote safe performances. And as Eugene Berriman said on the MMA Hour, he said it does take two to tango. After the Rob was being aggressive in the first round, he got clipped and he got put down. You think, hello, here we go. Rob, the way Rob fought from rounds two to five, kind of stifled the ability of Izzy to to be overly flashy to look for a for a, for a highlight real KO. So, I, I, and the other the other reason you have a lot more to lose, and then once you reach that level, every single fight is against the best guy in the world that's left standing. So every fight theoretically is the hardest or one of the hardest fights of your career. So all of those flashy knockouts or amazing finishes that you were getting on the way up against the guys ranked 15 to 10 to five in the division, all of a sudden, you know, they, you're fighting guys who are much more difficult. So that's typically what happens with superstars. Um, so I, I'm not surprised and I'm not criticizing him for it at all. In terms of who's left, I think we all agree it's Jared Cannonier. That's basically been confirmed by Dana. I also automatically also think that Jared Cannonier is going to lose that fight. I think that's a style where Izzy's probably going to piece him up and, mm-hmm. and have a spectacular knockout. I think that lends itself. Outside of that, there isn't a whole lot left inside the rankings at 185. You go, oh, I want to see that again. I mean, the Sean Strickland, okay, we'll see that. He'll probably piece up Sean Strickland, but he's certainly knocking on the door with his seven-fight undefeated record. This is probably the uh, the Brit in me, but I, th- I hope at some point Darren Till gets his sh- shit together and maybe peels off a two or three fight win streak and they go, okay, who's left? Big personality. Maybe we do a pay-per-view in London and we put him as the main event against Israel Adesanya. And then, of course, you have his old nemesis from kickboxing in Alex Pereira. So there's still a few names left at middleweight for but him to do that. Oh, all those, but all those guys also have to go through Whitaker again and they're not gonna. That's what I think. Like, like, there's maybe, I don't maybe. think the UFC, anyone that the UFC puts in with Whitaker now, they don't really want to fight at a senior. Yes, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, I, I don't think they'll do it. I, I think that's the right thing to do. But like Sean Strickland, there's no way he'll fight Robert Whitaker. I don't think, unless he is just desperate to fight. But he's just signed a new deal. I think he's sat waiting, waiting for the winner of Cannoneer versus, uh, versus Israel. You know, Paolo Costa's always there as an interest, quote unquote, interesting rematch if he's not drunk or making excuses or whatever if you can actually make the, the 185 limit so there's a few names there and then this one i've pulled out of left field only because i've been thinking about it because i actually think he could be the perfect retirement uh dance partner for Derek brunson chris weidman's return really interests me and i know he's going to be 38 this year but i still think he's an elite grappler and i think if he can get his career back on track get back into the octagon against someone who he's a better wrestler than in Derek Brunson. Brunson gets a nice farewell fight against a former champion. High-profile fight night, return of Chris Weidman. Bye-bye, Derek Brunson. Chris Weidman wins that fight. Maybe, you know, Brunson's ranked four in the division, giving maybe one more fight. Former champion, never fought Izzy. There's a clear narrative there where you go, Chris Weidman, elite wrestler. Is he the one who can put Izzy on his back and keep him down at 185? There is some narrative there to which you can sell the fight. Of course, Chris Weidman could come back and shatter his other fucking leg and it's all over. But 
There's, there, oh, there is enough I want to say a trilogy there's... before I say fucking Chris Weidman fight out of Sunday. That's for sure. Just saying. Unless it's on a fight like, night. Well, it's not going to be fun, but like, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> nah, I love your thinking, mate. You've got you to think outside the you've box. Got to, you've, got, you've got to think outside the box when he's cleaned out the division. The other one um, that has been thrown up and already uh, just hit out of the park as a no by Adesanya is Kamaru Usman going up to middleweight. Yeah. I, I would watch that. I'd watch the fuck out of that. Because um, Usman, similar, I, was just dominating everyone. Um, I, don't, um, I wouldn't know what to do with myself if that fight happened. <laughs> Imagine that in Africa. Oh, Them two fight each other and then the Nganu fights I, after that. That's the one. That's the one. I now think they are saying no, no, no publicly. And the only way they would do it if it was like the first event in a fucking 70,000 stadium in Africa. And I think they would do it then. For, and, oh, no. and they would each walk away with like 20 million a piece and be like, okay, let's do this. And they would force Dana to invest like a second PI in Africa and like sign half of half of the fucking, you know, friends and family onto the card as well. And like really, really, like, because they don't want to do it, but I think if they could really leverage the fact that they've been so publicly outspoken and yet so many people want to see it, they're in a really strong position between the two of them to get absolutely anything and everything they want to make that fight happen. So yeah, Adam, I think, I think that's a great, that's a great name to pull, to, to throw out there. Who, I love who wins that fight? Usman and Adesanya. Adesanya. Oh, it's like I don't even I, I don't even for me I don't even have to think about it I think he's he's too big he's too rangy um, his takedown defense is so good like right. Colby who, comes, who Colby comes in his landing Usman shots and Adesa, uh, sorry Usman and Whitaker. who do you think would win that fight I think Whitaker. Whitaker. yeah I think Whitaker. <laughs> a good Usman that's a close one, though. That's a great fight. Guy. That is a great fight. Yeah. Oh, Kamaru, go up. <laughs> go up to 185. <laughs> make it interesting. Well, if, if, if Izzy goes to 205 and uh, he vacates the belt, Whitaker versus Usman for the, for the vacant oh, 185. that is the fucking fight. Oh. That's, that's just, you got to save that clip for when that happens. You're going to rerun that. <laughs> <laughs> When we were all in what Africa taking selfies. Yeah. <laughs> we called this shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, Mate, that, honestly, there's so just, many amazing I'm just fights. I'm thinking about it. Just you, know, about it. You, know what's, <laughs> you know what's incredible, though? <laughs> you know what is incredible? The UFC is so good and delivers more often than not on the fights that fans want oh, to yeah. see. Event Like, there is... This is just not... You know, this isn't Twilight fan fiction. This is yeah, this nah, is within yeah. the realms of possibility. Yeah, yeah. I put my ticket to Lagos. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Oh. I think you just, for me anyway. If there's a UFC pay per view in Africa, it's probably only going to happen once. You'd say, I'm going. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to get there too. I'm fucking going. <laughs> I just feel white people in the fucking crowd. <laughs> Go for code. Yeah. Do it. Go for work. <laughs> <laughs> Stack some beers right, so out, outside the stadium. 
Oh, dude. Imagine Thai and Africa. Oh shit! Oh, All right, boys. so we've 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 sort of talked about this fight a little bit, but we'll 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 dive into it a bit more. Cannonier, obviously, spectacular win over Derek Bronson. Overcame adversity. Bronson was executing his game plan to perfection in the first round and to the start of the second round, and then he got clipped with a real short right hand. And it, and if if you blinked, you missed it, and it looked like our oh, Brunson's maybe gassed or he's had an adrenaline jump. I did miss it. He was it. hurt, and he. And he never recovered from it. He got clipped with that short right, and that was it. Uh, uh, in live time, I was wondering, like, what the yeah. fuck? What happened? Like, why, why is he stumbling? I only saw it on, I, the re- on, on the rewatch. Yeah. Did you did you see it live, Brendan? Like, did you notice it no, live? I, I was like, uh, no, I was – because Branson was so dominant in the first round, I was like, oh, it's just going to be more of the same. And then all of a sudden, Cannoneer had a killer instinct on Jared Cannoneer because – Man, he jumped and just finished that fight. But, yeah, I was the same. I was like, did he trip and get injured? Because uh, I, I missed him getting clipped, um, I have to say. But, uh, yeah, incredible, incredible. I, I Personally, I reckon it's – I like that for the division. I've, you know, we've seen Brunson, Adesanya, we've seen Brunson, Whitaker. Oh, yeah. um, I like Kananir going into that title fight. Yeah, if it hopefully it happens kind of soon. Like and his his post fight shout out was awesome. Yeah, calling Dana. Yeah. It's like get Dana, get Dana. Yeah. look at me, Dana. That is such a risky yeah, but- move because da- if Dana's in the wrong mood, he would just be like, "That fight's not happening." <laughs> 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 He's just like, "Fuck you." Dana, Dana was like, oh, "I'm not in the audience. Actually, I've got an urgent matter came up. I've got to take. <laughs> I've got to take care of backstage." <laughs> like he did last pay per view. Really, yeah, I've never really seen that from Kennedy either. Like just being no. He's so yeah, reserved. He doesn't call anyone awesome out. Pro, uh, promo. Yeah. I hope more and more fighters see that and take take heed of, of what he did because a lot of people fighters say, oh, they want to be respectful. He didn't trash anyone. He didn't, like, put down Adesanya. He didn't shit talk Brunson. All he did was get the attention of his boss and say, that performance, I've shown you now. You said you wanted to see something in this fight. I've done it. You make good on your word and publicly put him like on the spot to basically agree to it. And then he had to say yes in the press conference as well, because, and, and he, you know, when Dana is impressed or wants to make a fight because so many times afterwards, if he's asked about in a press conference and they say, Dana, so is this the fight to make it? Guys, the fight's just finished. You know, we don't make fights in the press conference. I've got to look, we'll see what happens. We'll see what, we'll see how that plays out. We've got to talk to these guys. He was like, yeah, that's the fight we're making. That's when you yeah. know he's impressed and he's like, okay, this is the fight we're going to make. Yeah, he'll say no. Like, he'll say no to yeah. the fight if, if he doesn't. But if, if he's thinking about if he likes it, oh, you know, we'll go back and speak on Monday when we have our meeting. That's just, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, that's when it's like, <laughs> book it in. <laughs> <laughs> book it in. That's, that's going to happen. Um, yeah, so I think he definitely deserves a title shot, but I think we're all, are we unanimous? 3 3 0 on, uh, on the punch drunk panel here that Israel. Easily defense his belt. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, hundred percent. But I'd, I'd be stoked that Cannonier gets, um, you know, gets his sort of time, gets his shot at the yeah. belt. Um, Hope he gets some breeze. Yeah, he, he's a really interesting dude as well. I interviewed him last year. Uh, can't remember who he's fighting. Gas little till or something. Just a, just a, like a, you know, he, he weighed. He was a heavyweight. 
he used to live in Alaska. Like, yeah, just a, a real interesting story, interesting dude. There's some weird views, but looks like you're coming um, on for that one. Though. For that one as well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, conscious of time, Lewis, is there any yep. other fights you wanted to touch on just on that card or fighters? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a few. Um, I just want one question for, for Brent. If you have, because Derek Brunson, I think he's quite public. He said there was two more fights, including this one. So assuming next fight's his retirement fight, still a top ranked guy at middleweight. I've thrown Weidman out there. Is there anyone else you could, you would throw to him for a retirement soiree? Uh, um, you know what? The Weidman call. I'm not mad at that. Um, let me look at the the rankings here, because I want to see him go out on a win. But he's also he's fought everyone, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, there's one other name, and I don't think he's fought um, Adam. If there's anyone you you can think of, holler out here. But along the same line, former champion, been out a while, was looking for a comeback. Probably suits him well because he's not a dangerous striker uh, in terms of Brunson's not a dangerous striker. Is Luke Rockhold? Luke Rockhold, yeah. Is he still around? Just, is he still, does he still want because to fight? He, well, he was supposed to fight Sean Strickland and then he got that back injury, but he said he wants to fight. I'm just trying to give Brunson yeah. the best possible. Like, give him give him some glory. Give him his, you know, give him his flowers against a former champion on a fight night. Let's build the night around him. I'll go for Rockhold. Rockhold and Weidman. Um, both intriguing fights. Triple threat match. <laughs> <laughs> In a in a triller tri in a in a triad tri- ring, <laughs> yeah. or in just a um, bath full of jelly, whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bonk. Call the horny police on Adam. Luke Rock, Luke Rockhold covered in jelly. Oh, um, all right, three out. fights. I just quickly, quickly want to call attention to because I think it'd be rude not to. Bobby Green, holy shit, he looked phenomenal. Best I've ever seen him look was slipping and rolling and he was just seeing everything coming his way against a highly touted opponent uh, i think nazrat hakparast has to have some real honest conversations with his team and evaluate where his future is because he just looked way off the pace got pieced up by a much older veteran but this was supposed to be a i, I think the ufc was putting this together as a well, let's move bobby green on potentially and let's get nazrat back in the in the win rankings and it just bobby green the best performance i've ever seen him have he looked phenomenal he's got people talking again as well um yeah i, I can't add to that bobby green looked phenomenal um and, and yeah more power to him like it, it was awesome to see like you say i think you're thinking uh you know where, where are we at like what what is he what he's got left to give or to prove and he goes out and does puts on a performance like that like you can't argue with him you know, moving up into bigger fights or, or getting another, you know, you know, slot high up on a card or a pay per view or something like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. That. No more to add on my end because you both just nailed it. <laughs> maybe, maybe Nate Diaz's retirement fight. You could. He's got one left. Give him, give him uh, Bobby Green in a co-main event or something like that. Next fight I quickly want to make note of was Hanato Makano against Alex Hernandez. Uh, just a very good performance. Alex Hernandez has been a long-time touted prospect in the UFC. Uh, if people didn't realize he, this was on the prelims, Alex Hernandez bitched and cried in, in the media obligations, got this fight put onto the main card, the pay-per-view, for the whole world to see him get choked out. 
So that plan backfired spectacularly for him. Hanato looked sensational. He's now three of four since moving into the lightweight division with his only loss coming to Hafil um, Fiziev, who we all know is on a tear. And I think he deserves a good fight. And I think someone for, out from, from, from your neck of the woods, I'd like to see him against Brad Rydell. I think that could be a fun fight. Both have losses to Fiziev, but both very good fighters. Let's give uh, Moicano a ranked opponent in, in Brad Rydell. Yeah, and with the way lightweight has, it just changes so fast. Like the whole landscape yeah. of 155 changes in one night. Because just because you have so many of the top rate guys fighting on the same events or around the same couple of weeks, um, Moicano, whoever he fights next, I mean, it could be one of you know a couple of fights at a time. You're talking about him at the top of the division um, because it just it just changes so fast. And the same goes for Brad. Um, super, super exciting fighter. If you haven't seen Brad Riddell fight, um, he's just must-watch TV, win or lose. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, a, that's an absolute cracker. Absolute cracker fight. That um, fucking division the, is so dead. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sweating the top here. 10 is like breaking into like the top three of nearly any other division, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're talking it's, about the gaps between like Adesanya and Whitaker and then the rest and the gaps between Usman and the rest. But, man, anyone anyone at lightweight could be the champion on any given day. Do you know what I mean? Like, it could be anyone like six guys. Yeah. And then is yeah. Islam just going to ruin that and just win 25 in a row? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keep him from can... the title for as long as possible. Yeah. Keep him from the yeah. title fight for another year or so. <laughs> And refuse to give him a title Nick. fight. Refuse to give him a title fight until Khabib agrees to fight Connor again. Let's <laughs> 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 get some get some rumor. And then the last fight, I just want to mention. Of course, it was we talked about it in the preview show at length. Really, um, Roxanne Modafferi's retirement fight against Casey O'Neill went exactly sort of as I predicted. But Roxy once again just showing why she's a fan favorite because she's just she's hard as fuck. She was just eating shots after <laughs> shots and her. Her limited skill set. She was like, this is my last fight. She didn't need to do that. She was like, let's do it. Let's, I'm just going to keep eating shots. You know, Casey O'Neill couldn't put her away because she's just tough as nails. So congrats to her. She's seemingly liked by everyone. Like I haven't mm. seen anyone publicly, anyone in the media, anyone who's had any interaction with her be like, oh yeah, she's a bitch or she's fake or <laughs> like every, everyone just seems to like her. So you she hate her. A, she must be a, <laughs> I don't hate her. I don't hate her. I think she's she's a fan favorite for a reason. I just pointed out she's got a pretty limited skill set from a bygone era. It'd be like if Rich Franklin was still fighting in the UFC now. It's just different. Oh, Rich. It's just different. Um, but Casey looked great. Casey looked really good. She did what yeah. she had to do. And then the best thing, she got booed and cut a wicked promo, turned heel like that. She knows. She's playing the game well. She's got great management. She's got talent. She's incredibly young. She gets to claim Scotland and Australia. So two passionate countries who get behind athletes from their, uh, from, from, from their respective nations. UFC will be able to put her as a, you know, build a fight night around her or, you know, a co-main event in, in, in Britain or in Australia. She gives them loads of options. Uh, she, she's a future star, a future champion in the making. That's for sure. I loved, I loved how she leaned into being the, the villain 
So she yeah. posted something from the weigh-ins. It's like, I'm the bad guy, like question mark, and just leaning into it. And then, yeah, flipping off and swearing at the crowd. Um, it was perfect, absolutely perfect. And I can see, yeah, you mentioned building a fight card around here. I can see, I think the next time the UFC come back, it's got to be a pay-per-view here. But yeah, if they come back and do their, um, you know, what, what had become sort of a tradition of a, a pay-per-view and a fight night, per year. I can see her headlining, becoming the first um, Australian uh, female to headline a card in Australia. Definitely a fight night for sure. Um, and then I, but to be honest, I don't, I don't think, I want to, I'll put it out here now. I, I think she'll be fighting for a title within 12 months. I reckon she'll be fighting for that title. Boom. You heard it here first. Clip it. Clip it up. <laughs> Bring I that up, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon um, I know there's some more fights this weekend, but I kind of want to just very briefly talk about the next pay-per-view and just the contrast of that main event. Wait, I just want to make sure that is Masvidal and Covington, the next one, isn't it? That's what I was assuming you were talking about. Yes. So that Because I got so pumped for that promo. That fucking rivalry and the promo and just the entire storyline – compared to the one we've just had. Like, they could not be any different, could they, those two main events? Like, the most manifested and fake and just cringe but amazingly good cringe rivalry that, like, you're not even sure if it's real or, like, who fucking knows. It's amazing and I love every second of it, but it's just, like, the opposite, like, the complete opposite is just the follow-up pay-per-view and that's, like, why I love the UFC, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like it took me. It honestly took me back. I watched that they played the uh, promo during the fights the other day, and I was just like, I mean, I, I knew the fight was happening. I was like, okay, yeah, they're gonna fight. Watched the promo. I was just like, fucking can't wait, man! I cannot <laughs> wait for this fight. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh man, whoever did that, give him a race for the moisturizer. <laughs> yeah, give, give the producer director whoever put that shit together, give him a raise because I'm. Yeah, seriously, it was it was it's WWE level promo, and let's be honest, yeah, those fucking promos were the best thing ever (laughs) back in the day. I used to live for those fucking promos. Um, And we've got the Ultimate Warrior. (laughs) We've got a good co-main event for this. (laughs) Aging myself here, eh? We that just I, you know we're going to do a whole preview show on that. I will say just quickly though, we've got a good co-main event for that one because former champion Rafael dos Anjos against Rafael Fiziev in the Battle of the Raffers. Just Nadal's <laughs> going to burst into the cage and swing a swing a, a forehand at someone on the, he's a, on he's the way the out. Guest referee. <laughs> guest referee. Yeah, I love, it. <laughs> I love it. So that's that's the fight. The next fight I'm coming up. But come on, Adam, I'm going to kick it over to you now. Talk talk us through the talk us through the parlay because of me. <laughs> I know you got some strong feelings on it. Um, so the first leg of the parlay uh, didn't get up, which was Blood Diamond, which was the Brendan Bradford and Lewis Glover. Let's get on. Let's get on him. He's the man. He's going to get up. And you know what? I didn't know enough about the man, so I'm going to trust the, these two experts, these two fucking brain surgeons. And uh, let's throw him in the first leg so I can just be fucking fuming f- 20 minutes into the pay-per-view. <laughs> and lucky for me, I uh, salvaged it with uh, Casey O'Neill and basically 
Yeah, every other leg of the parlay got up as per. As per, as per usual. You know what? I know we did talk you into it, and I think it's a mature thing to do is when, when you're wrong and you make a bad call, is to hold your hands up and say, you know what? That was, that was an error of judgment. I got that one wrong. I refuse to acknowledge that. <laughs> that was all fucked up by Jeremiah Wells doing his weird running around the cage shit and nearly breaking his ankle. And if he didn't do that, Blood Diamond doesn't charge towards the cage, get himself pinned up against it and into a grappling contest. It was all, it was it was screwed from the get-go. But in all seriousness, he did look out of his depth on the, on the ground. <laughs> he just was against, he was just like it was against a black belt. It was literally just like ten like uh Wells was just like ten percent stronger in the grapple and like he just couldn't do anything to move, you know, and you just like the person that is wrestling you is just stronger and you just can't do anything. That was kind of what it seemed like. Um, yeah, definitely yeah. would have loved to see him somewhere. I thought he was going to get through that first round. I, I was he, like, he, yeah, he, and then, he looked like he was surviving okay and yeah. doing okay. And then it was just like, oh, it was just let me squeeze yeah. it out of your soul. Um, it was embarrassing though for us. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, one of those. It was embarrassing for my bank account as well. <laughs> for my mama's bank account. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to get one up before Christmas. Just, yeah. Can you imagine, yeah. like, we're, what are we, 0 for 5, 0 for 6 on the parlays now? Can you imagine how good it's going to be, though, when we finally hit one? Broken yeah. coffee right <laughs> twice a day, mate. The so safe bit. A five-leg five parlay is paying out $1.80. Well, well, we did I that. Did. We I, did, I, did, I that. did my own five-leg parlay. Amanda Nunes lost. Amanda Nunes lost. Safest bet on planet oh, fucking man, Earth. Yeah. And Amanda Nunes already, was like, you'd, nah. You'd already be spinning your winnings too, eh? I, I, I think the same thing happened to me. Do that. Oh, you <laughs> Oh, good times. Um, Take oh, a hint, you reckon? We Maybe we should just fucking give up. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's a loser's attitude. A real winner chases their losses, Adam, and we will chase our yeah. losses on the next pay-per-view on... <laughs> Uh, UFC 272, Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. We will have a parlay for that. Look forward to that. But we do have some fight nights. Uh, very quickly, let's do a very, very light touch preview because it isn't the deepest paper, uh, deepest fight night, but, you know, we're degenerates. We'll watch it. There's going to be some great fights. Main event should be should be fun. I hope Johnny Walker can get back to his pre-injury ways. He was, he was on a tear before he fucked up his shoulder in that celebration, and he really hasn't looked the same... Since yeah, I know he's now moved to Ireland and he's training out at SGB, SBG, and he's sort of becoming a bit of a point fighter. I, I, I hope he gets a, I hope he gets a win here because he has a project that you could you could lean on if he if he gets back to his best. Yeah, just a fighter yeah, was, that you just want to watch, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. he was exactly. so exciting on that tier yeah. that he went on uh, whenever it was a couple of years ago. Just so exciting to watch, and the way they built him up was. It was awesome, and he was, you know, he was the guy. And then, yeah, it's just been a bit, bit disappointing since then. But um, yeah, I, I hope he wins there. If we're tipping, I'll tip him for that one. I think he'll take that one. And speaking of fighters that you want to watch and exciting, there's there's one that really stands out on this card, and that's Joaquin Buckley against Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Both guys exciting. Both have got knockout power. Um, I think the UFC really wants to to do what they can with Joaquin Buckley. He's only 27 years old. Of course, he has that highlight reel spinning kick knockout that everyone saw, one of the best we've ever seen. 
He's he's uh, I've got the three NFT. or four. He got the NFT three of three or four in his last four fights. All ended inside the distance. All three wins, getting in performance of the nights, really tells you what Joaquin Buckley is all about. And I, I would like to see him get the win and and see what's next for him on this on this journey inside the UFC. Joaquin Phoenix is the uh, special guest referee in that one too. So <clears throat> it's going to be a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Or dressed up as the Joker to get all the MMA incels really going. <laughs> oh, uh, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> well, probably a good, good, good spot as any to to, to, to wrap up the show on <laughs> MMA incels and the Joker. Yeah, I, I haven't got much more to add. Looking forward to just. I'm, get, I'm getting too worked up on these pay-per-views now, man. I, I sit there on the edge of my seat like I don't even know if I'm enjoying it anymore. <laughs> I'm that fucking right, nervous. So you got to pop man, over, pop over to Europe. Come watch come watch on in my time zone. The uh, the sheer exhaustion does tend to uh, nullify some of your tension just a little bit. Uh, no, oh, thanks. I, yeah. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a real, real generous offer. Here, come sleep on my couch and watch a pay per view at fucking four in the morning. <laughs> that was oh. split. Yeah. <laughs> free here. They're free. They're free. Oh, in, they're on free to air TV in Hungary because, like, yeah, they, they just wouldn't wouldn't oh. sell at that time of night. So, mm. I mean, obviously, I pay for every pay per view because I'm an upstanding citizen. Because you put them in your yet. tax return. <laughs> I don't know about it. Dodgy <laughs> streaming stuff. Wouldn't know where to look. Wouldn't wouldn't know where to look at all. Definitely not. Uh, um, Brendan, Adam. thanks heaps again for coming on, Matt. You're welcome oh, anytime. Um, good little addition to the team. Let's ask our guest if he's got anything to to plug since the last time he was on last week. Which I oh, actually I don't. don't. Yeah. You know, you haven't done um, any fucking work, have you? Plug his mouth. Sorry, go for it. I actually don't. I was sitting around th- thinking today. I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not literally not actually have anything close to being finished. Go read codesports.com.au. Um, go listen to the Punches Chance podcast if you like a bit of boxing. Um, there's a lot of good Aussie boxing action coming up over the next month. Um, find us on Spotify, iTunes, Instagram as well. Punches Chance Podcast. I think that's about it. Awesome. We'll just take that. We'll take that clip as well. He says, "I'm not even close to finishing anything." We'll just forward that on to, him, <laughs> to Brown to Brownie as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Punch Drunk Pod at Instagram at Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter. At- Punch Drunk Podcast on YouTube, at Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok, Punch Drunk Pod at gmail.com if you wanted to send us an email. Um, that's usually where got Brendan fa- says got his a invoices fax number for as the well. pod. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to send nudes via fax, uh, feel free. <laughs> and um, I think that's about it. I've my, my brain's turned to mush the last five minutes. I can't even talk. It was ever since you mentioned Luke Rockhold, you can't, you haven't been able to. Come to <laughs> he's just, he's just been in a, a just a horny haze yeah. thinking about Luke Rockhold. <laughs> I've been a fucking rock ever since. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, boys. Me. Uh, 
Let's get on out of here. Brendan, thanks again. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, five stars on Apple, five stars on Spotify. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next time. Cheers, guys.